Okay, Claude, we are uh, interrupting your regularly scheduled podcast. Interrupting your regularly scheduled podcast because <laughs> of the news here. Uh, right. Sunday, uh, breaking Mueller report. Mm-hmm. No illusion. I don't know what more to say than has been said, and, and our audience being, you know, as attentive and aware and alert as it is. Mm-hmm. Three A's, attentive, aware, and alert. Um, I'm not sure I can add much except, uh, you know, just a couple things. Look, the Democrats are not changing. They're digging in, and they're going to say, we're going to have congressional hearings, and we want the full report. Interesting coincidence there. They want the full report released, and so does the president at this right. point. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, that's one thing. Um, second thing is uh, they're digging in politically. It looks like Democrats overall, mm-hmm. the base, have not changed their view. Conservatives certainly have not changed their view. What hasn't been addressed, I haven't heard my address, and this to me is of interest, is where are the uh, moderates, people in the middle? And I think they'll go with Trump uh, because, you know, the Democrats made this this stew. Mm -hmm. They boiled this water, and now they got to sit in it. Uh, And that is collusion, collusion, collusion. I'd like to see a word cloud over the last two years of Democrats and the main words they used over the last two years. And I think you'd see the walls are closing in, the noose is tightening. Oh, that might get confused with Jesse Smollett, but never mind about that. And uh, But mostly you'd see collusion, collusion, collusion. Mueller wasn't ambivalent about collusion. He said no collusion. Mm-hmm. And just a couple other things. No collusion after they interviewed 500 witnesses, millions of pages of testimony, thousands of interviews. No collusion. Second, there were apparently offers from the Russians to collude that were turned down mm. by, by Donald Trump's campaign and his people. Uh, I don't think he was ever personally contacted. Third, the team that Mueller put together was a team of very liberal Democrats for the most part, largest part, uh, people who'd worked for Hillary Clinton, the foundation, et cetera. Mm-hmm. One can assume they were not giving any mercy in their investigation and right. still no collusion. So since collusion was, you know, the headline for two years, I think they got to live with that. They set up the terms of debate. They got to live with the terms of the debate here. Uh, in the conclusion. That's the main thing. The other thing is the the whole thing of obstruction of justice. It obviously wasn't clear to Mueller that there was obstruction of justice. There was insufficient evidence to for him to say that there was, and so he passed it off to the Justice Department, mm-hmm. and they said there isn't. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I think it should rest there, but it's not going to rest. The question I have is how is this going to play politically if the Democrats continue to dig in? I think, you tell me what you think, Claude. A large part of the American people are going to say, hey, collusion, collusion, collusion. We've been hearing for two years, and now there's no collusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, give it up, guys. You, may, you made your bed. Now you got to sleep in it. Very interesting point because I was watching the basketball games over the uh, weekend, NCAA tournament, and uh, I believe it was CBS had interrupted coverage to – Speak about the report. It just been, you know, released, and yeah. and Attorney General Barr was going to send a summary over to Congress. So, a uh, very liberal friend of mine I was watching the game with said, "I'm glad it's done. It's finally over. I hope we can move on." This is a very liberal person who said this, and I think that that might be the sentiment with most people that I'm glad this is done. I hope we can move on. The Democrats decide to just dig the hills in and, and, and maybe not even chalk this up as a loss, but just as a change of direction and continue to hammer, 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 they, I think, could stand to lose or at least have people who are tired of the constant attacks on the president who aren't even supporters of the president. And so I think that that could be damaging on the Democrats if they continue to dig in. Uh, that's interesting. I mean, uh, as we always say, the plural of uh, 
anecdote is not data. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not a data gathering. You right, did, right, but it's right. just one guy. Sure. It is one guy, very liberal guy. And yes. if that attitude is held by 10% of liberal people, mm-hmm. uh, the game's over, seems to me. Absolutely. So, so we'll have to see. Go ahead. So the cry now is, you know, I want to see the full report. I want to see the rep- full report. You just talked about it a few minutes ago. Yeah, Democrats are saying that, but the president is saying it too. Democrats should be careful what they ask for because if this report sheds any light that the investigation was started in the first place uh, illegally, uh, then this could backfire on them, the complete investigation of people report being seen by everybody. Yeah, and and if they want to go dig, dig deep into the report and they want the full release of the report, then I will echo what others have said, like Andy McCarthy and other people. Then let's see everything. Mm-hmm. Let's see the FISA applications. Let's see all the uh, in- interrogations and answers of these uh, FBI people. Who started this thing? Mm-hmm. How did this thing get get legs? Uh, let's look into everything. We are going to have a report from the Inspector General of Justice, Mr. Horowitz, probably in May, mm-hmm. and we'll learn more from that. But I agree with you. Be careful what you wish for. And if it o- and if that does open up a whole new you know platform of questions, then let's investigate that as well. Absolutely. Uh, and then um, you know we'll be off to the races. But I think that needs to be done. But the question is, it, it's a good day for President Trump and even Joe Scarborough. Uh, MSNBC Morning Joe said, a very good day for the president and a very good day for the country. That's right. Um, That's exactly right. And, you know, the president has been, at least up to this point, fairly restrained in what he has said. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think I'd I'd be blowing up more than he is. Oh, yeah, no, I I mean, all these. I do wonder, however, with the continuing attacks on the president, I'm confident that they won't stop. They'll just change direction. And so at what point, whether it's, let's check, Business dealings. Let's look into you know tax returns. Like at what point <clears throat> the payoffs to the can, women? Exactly. Yeah, no, can no. we just say okay, that's it. No more investigations on things that have nothing to do with the election, or because that's what it all started with election and uh, collusion, and and so if that's done, then can the rest of these branches of other things that just started because of that can those also be cut off and finished now? Yeah. Well, I we'll see. We'll see. You know, very much in their hands. But they, uh, you know, the Nadlers and the Schiffs of the world, they do not seem at all uh, reluctant or more reluctant or hesitant to proceed. Mm -hmm. It's like nothing's happened. Right. And this incredible thing has happened uh, where Mueller has said, okay, that's what I was charged to do. Russians tried to influence our election. No collusion, period. You're listening to The Bill Bennett Show. Bill Bennett Show. This episode of The Bill Bennett Show is a little different. We promise you that we like your emails. Well, we take them seriously. Usually you hear the thoughts and opinions from our guests, uh, people we call up at a time and ask to, if we can bother them. But uh, today, the most important guests are the most important people for this show, our listeners. That's Correct. you. We've been meaning to get to emails for some time. Today we have plenty to share, and we have a few listeners calling in. Uh, let's go to calls from our, our great pod, uh, podcast listeners. Uh, we have Shelly in Dallas, right? Yes. And Shelly used to be a member of the, maybe still is a member of the Saturday Morning Girls. Oh, group. don't get it wrong. Still is a member of the Saturday Morning Girls. They still do their thing. I, you know, I just became politically correct. I called them the Saturday Morning Group. Oh. But they like to call themselves the Saturday Morning Girls. They named themselves. Shelly. Hello, how are you? Good. How are you, dear? We're good. We're good. I just had to call out. I'm, I'm still full of uh, ramen noodles, shampoos. Band-Aids, complete meals, tuna packs for the troops. We're having a big packing party this Saturday for our troops. 
Oh, wonderful. Good, good. Do you have any extra ramen? You could send me one. <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Bennett doesn't allow it. Oh, I'll send, you, I'll send you a recipe that she'll let you eat. Okay, I'd love to do it. T- tell me, are you listening to the podcast at all? Yes, we are. We are, yes. I, I, I have to admit, it's intermittent because you know, they show up like once a week, and I've got all of them on, on back order, so I, I, you know, I click them on and catch up when I can. And But no, we all listen for sure. And uh, we loved you on Levin on Sunday night. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Did you know that the president called me about that? No, you lucky man. He tweeted, he tweeted out the segment where I was talking about him. And, uh, and then he called me and he said, uh, he's a pretty funny guy. You know, he's from Queens. I'm from Brooklyn. We talk the same language. He said, I saw those pictures. I don't know if you remember in the show, they showed pictures of my family. He said, I was always wondering about those boys of yours. They're so good looking. Now I know why, because your wife's so beautiful. He said, it's certainly not because of you. I said, well, thanks. I'm amazed, I'm amazed how tall they are. My God, everyone's just like dwarfed by them. I know, I know, they're big boys. But he, he, the president had to say this twice. Yeah, they're really handsome because your wife's really beautiful. It's not you, Bill. I said, I got it. I got it, president. I got it. You know, anyway, what's on your mind? Oh, oh, it's just so disheartening, isn't it? When you get 12 Republicans who can't even support a president, breaks breaks a heart. And my 85-year-old mother now lives with us, and she just sits there and shakes her head, you know. And, you know, <laughs> when, you, when you think that uh, you know, she's seen so much, and now she just sees this stuff go on. What do you think of these Democrats going left? Well, well we're, we're, we're amazed. And I don't understand. And this morning when they're saying Joe Biden's probably going to announce or is on the verge, I just turned to my husband and said, he'll never be left enough for them. So I, I guess we'll wait and see. And, uh, of course, we've had Robert Francis, obviously, here in Texas. Oh, you do it, too. You don't let him get away with the Beto, right? He has all kinds of names here in Texas. No, I'll bet. Yeah, we can't repeat some of them, yeah. One, one of the uh, local... Uh, radio guys in the morning that comes on before rush he calls him beta like you know the beta oh the beta guy not the alpha male but the beta male yeah yeah and i refuse to call him beta because um he's robert francis so yeah tell me this i mean i am you know i realize i may be behind the times but do you really have to apologize if you say i've been out doing a bunch of things and my wife's taking the major role in raising the kids is that is that really a t- I, I guess he does to some people Gosh, I, I, I mean, just I, I live in a you know fairly nice neighborhood where there are a lot of stay-at-home moms and you know I think we're kind of glad for them. I you know I when I was in government I was on the road, you know, to when I was drugs are for example, I was on the road week two weeks a month and uh you know the raising of those boys was uh, Mrs. Bennett's uh, that was her major job, but it's an important job, it's critical. I don't I, I just I, I totally agree. I just uh, we, we don't, you know, women seem to think they only have one role, and that's to go out and leave the family behind. And I haven't, I, I never had children. That was by choice. Um, and I got married a little bit later. So we have, we have crazy greyhounds. Sure. We have a very settled, uh, we have a very settled Labrador, a yellow lab, sunny boy. <laughs> He's 13, and I'm 75 now. So we race up the stairs. <laughs> One flight of stairs, three minutes ten, three minutes two, you know. Well, we had we had a week ago Sunday a greyhound who flew down the stairs to make a slide on the floor below, come, come limping into the living room with a little bloody toe that my husband thought, oh, we have to have this looked at. So a trip to the emergency vet to have a toenail patched up. Home with home with the bandage, and the next day she's running around the yard like a crazy dog, spending two hundred dollars at the emergency vet. Of course, how do you run them? Because those greyhounds really do need to run, don't they? No, they're lazy. Really? 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 We have a rather we have a fairly good sized yard. She'll go outside in the morning, 
has two bolts kind of around the pool, maybe a third if she sees a rabbit. And then she comes inside and she sleeps upside down on various couches. Oh, my gosh. You're breaking my heart. So that Greyhound thing on the side of the Greyhound bus, they got to show them sleeping on a pillow rather than (laughs) dashing along on the bus. When when they do that, it's a beautiful sight to behold when they do the full stretch. It is is beautiful. I'll bet. But you're saying it's rare. Maybe it's rare in Texas. Shelly, I don't want to take any more of your time backing up stuff for the troops. God bless you. Thank you. Say, We're just, uh, today's a work day. The tables are, are all kind of set up for uh, for Saturday, and uh, this this month's uh, theme is, is uh, greetings from Texas. So we've got right. bean dip and chips and hot sauce and all kinds of stuff. Okay, let me change my order. Let me change my order. Ramen, <laughs> bean dip... Okay, Shelly, thank you very much. God bless you. God love you. Thank you. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna send you the ramen recipe that Mrs. B will let you eat. Good, great. That'd be wonderful. Thanks a lot. Send it on the email. Thank you, Alfred and Marlena. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. 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 Now, Alfred, where are you geographically? So I'm in uh, Albuquerque. And Marlena? I'm also in Albuquerque. We talked when we were. I was on the radio show, Morning in America. And we talked about something about you going to school. Fill the audience in, because they don't have background. Uh, Alfred, why don't you start? Okay, so uh, we both volunteer at the National Museum of Nuclear Science and History. Right. And we were renovating a B-29, and we had, we had a Kickstarter project where we were trying to raise something like uh, $60,000 to buy paint for it. And we were almost there, but we needed right. $10,000. And it seemed to tie in with your show because of the history and the educational aspect. So uh, we called in and just made a plea to your, to your listeners to help us out. And just almost immediately, it knocked us over and we got another 5K or something like that. So it was tremendous. Oh, that's great. That's great. Kickstarter, right? Yeah, I had something in my head. I, had, I just scribbled from memory. Alfred Kickboxer. And I thought, was Alfred a kickboxer? <laughs> you know, well, this happens. This happens over time, uh, Marlena. You, Marlena, you'll you'll understand later. Now, what about Marlena? What did we? What were we talking about with Marlena? Your turn, Marlena. Um, I believe you asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up because I was in um, eighth grade at the time, I believe. Okay. And I told you that I wanted to attend the United States Air Force Academy. Okay. And you asked me why, and I said it was because I wanted to change the world. Okay. So I applied to the Air Force Academy um, this summer, and I had to write several essays um, because when you're applying to, the, to service academies, you have to get a nomination from sure. a senator or representative. Sure. So um, I wrote, I actually used um, that radio conversation at, in, in the first paragraph of several of those essays, and um, I... I've been admitted to the Air Force Academy, and I'm going to um, report on June 27th. Wow. Oh, man. Hooray. Congratulations. Hey, son of a gun. What do you know? Even with those Democrats, I don't want to say anything. <laughs> well, let's we'll leave that alone. I'm delighted they're showing excellent, uh, excellent judgment. That is terrific. Well, what about the third part, Marlena? Have you changed the world? Hopefully, that'll happen when I'm in the Air Force. That's great. Are you excited? You must be really excited. I'm very excited. You all take care. Good luck, Marlena. You've already done a great job. Alfred, you've done a great job by that young lady. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Penny Alfonso, how are you? 
I'm good. How are you? Why are you still in California? I'm not. I'm in Chicago. I moved here three years ago. Oh, for goodness sakes. All right. I was going to give you a bad time about being still being in the state, but maybe you'd That's secede. Right. You could give me a bad time because I'm in Illinois and it's not any better. Yeah, they got some problems there. Some of the same problems. If you're going to flee, why didn't you flee to Texas and stay with Shelly, you know? I know. I've got so many nice friends in Texas. I would love to. But my daughter moved to Chicago. So my husband and I say, well, if you're not coming back, we better go where you are. Gosh, you're just like that commercial where that, that couple a couple leaves and their, and their parents come and follow them. That's very funny. <laughs> There's no Operation Gratitude here in Illinois. So I've been volunteering at the USO up at Great Lakes Naval Station. And that's a lot of fun. Terrific. Terrific. Yeah. Tell me about um, the Democrats. Are there any Democrats in Chicago? No, no. This is MAGA country. You heard Jesse Small. Oh, yeah, it is. It is MAGA. That's right. It's downtown Chicago in a freezing night at 2 in the morning. Is Donald Trump country. It's like minus 22 degrees, and, you know, you put on your MAGA hat, and you go walking downtown looking at somebody to throw bleach on. We do it all the time. We have a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. Tell us about the Democrats. What do you think they're doing? What do you think they're up to? Uh, I wish I knew. You You guys are supposed to know what they're doing. I don't know what they're thinking. I really don't. I just, I think it now at this point, it doesn't matter what President Trump proposes because they're not they're not even looking at issues. They are looking at, oh, it came from Trump. OK, we're against it. That's what I see. That's all I see the Democrats doing now, because so many of the things he's proposing are things they propose, they vote on, they want it and they agreed to. Then it comes from Trump. And nope, we don't want any part of it. And I think it's really, really childish and really sad. They go and left. You know, how much farther left can they go before they fall off a cliff? I don't listen to polls and I barely watch TV anymore because all the polls, I, I don't think any of the polls are ever even accurate. And it's discouraging to hear them because we know what happened in 2016 when all the polls told us Trump didn't have a chance. So I, I still want to believe that there's enough of us out here in the in flyover country. that You know, we're not we're not being polled. So how do they really know what we think? You know, uh, we did a discussion the other day with Wise Guys, and we were talking about it. And somebody, I think it was Byron York, was pointing out about the Trump's, Trump's approval ratings. Now, someone that said, well, you know, he's 56% don't approve. He pointed out on Election Day, Trump's disapproval ratings were 58%. You just proved my point about the polls. Penny, listen, we got to run. Uh, we would have had longer, but we didn't have the right number. So, but we'll catch up to you again. But keep in touch, okay. will you please? I'm really glad you guys have this podcast. It's great to hear both of you, Claude. I love hearing you too. So thank you very much for, for staying on the air because us Saturday girls are just, you know, we're still needing you. You're listening to The Bill Bennett Show. Hi, Bill and John. What's he mean by John? He's referring to an interview we did on the podcast with John Rocker. God, I miss you in the mornings. Yes. Well, John wasn't always with us in the morning. No, anyway, not never, every day, but. God, I miss you in the mornings. In reference to your recent podcast discussion, regarding Republican participation in politics or the lack thereof. I think I have a partial explanation. We work for a living and we raise our families. That was, that was my point. Founders wanted to go do the stuff, do the Constitution, and go back to the mm -hmm. home and do their planning and their farming and their banking and whatever. The left, on the other hand, often gets paid for political participation. They run education. Hollyweird, he calls it Hollyweird. <laughs> Never heard that before. Governments and get paid for political participation within these organizations. Very interesting point. Right. We don't. In fact, political discussion is discouraged at a true private sector workplace. Great point. Mm -hmm. I do not have an answer how to combat this great difference except to keep working on social media. That's what we're doing. Right. Right. Because I have a Twitter account, don't I? You do. And you tweet and you post things on Facebook and you do a podcast. <laughs> 
Anyway, I love you both and the organizations you represent and the work you do. I think it was to John Hinderoff. Yes, yes. So here's another one. This is from Phyllis Drury. Your show, Wise Guys, is the reason I signed up for Fox Nation. I just wish it was on Fox News once a week. The best discussion program since Firing Line. Firing Line was a big influence on me changing from Democrat to Republican. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, Bill Buckley's show was great. I mean, you know, you can't say enough about the depth that you guys are able to go into with Wise Guys. I mean, if you know, look, we are going to play next week some clips from the interview, the week, the uh, time we had Charles Payne and Mark Penn, Art Fleischer, Andrew McCarthy. You guys really got into it with the socialism, capitalism, how to explain it, how how it's missing some people, and it's a really, really, really good interview. We'll play some of it next week. So. Good. Great. Okay. This is from Bert uh Bregman. 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 I'd say Bregman. Okay, Bregman. But he can correct us. Yeah, we're trying here, Bert. I says, hi, Bill. Let's say Bert. I, I heard the John and the Rocker uh, episode. Two things. The reason the left is relentless uh, is politics is their religion. Uh, they're relentless uh, in the same way that Jehovah's Witness or uh, Krishna's uh, are, are relentless. Uh, they have a utopia in mind, and nothing you say will change that mindset. Um, talking to Kim Jong Il, uh, this is his second point. Well, it's Kim Jong Un. He means Kim Jong Un, yeah, right? Exactly. The son of, okay. uh, he says uh, the big difference between Kim and Gorbachev is uh, on a certain level, a deal uh, is in Gorbachev's interest. At the same time, I cannot see how Kim survives if, if uh, in power he gives up his nukes. Kim may keep agreeing to meetings, but I really don't see the upside for Kim. The point I'm trying to make is that yes, it was correct for Trump to walk away from a bad deal. And no, talking is not bad per se, but uh, dissipating the honor and respect that is due to the office of the president of the United States is a little profligate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, The big difference between Trump talking to Kim and Obama talking to the Mullahs is Trump wants a good deal. Obama wants any deal. If Trump finds himself walking away the fifth talk, I would think he has wasted his time. I I think there is interest for Kim Jong-un to get rid of his weapons and we did that in the video that we sent him here's your future with free enterprise and, and using the money used for your development of rockets to to further your country um there is the point about submission to china mm-hmm. being a kind of dependent and protectorate of china but uh you know china may put limits on how far they'll let them go as a free country right but um I don't think China's really crazy about it. I could be wrong, but I don't think China's really crazy about North Korea having these weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they'd like to have a monopoly on that stuff over there. So, no, I, I think it is in his interest. But I agree with Bert. Um, you know, go to the well. Go to the well a couple times. But if, if five times doesn't work, that's it. You know, that's right. it. Mm-hmm. Next email from Rand Hill. Uh, says, I uh, hear almost- Rand Hill or Rand Paul? Rand Hill. Not to be mistaken with Rand Paul. Okay. okay. He says, I hear almost on a daily basis today that a huge percentage of scientists claim climate change is caused by humans. I personally think that climate change is real. It has been going through a different cycles, through different cycles since the earth began, but humans don't have much to do with it. I would love to hear a real debate between scientists about this. I think your podcast would be an ideal platform for this uh, to take place. I love your podcast and watch Wise Guys on Fox Nation. Uh, you got a couple of suggestions of scientists, good, articulate scientists on each side. We had a standing uh, invitation on the radio for Al Gore to come on and debate James Inhofe, Senator Inhofe from Oklahoma. And that still stands. Love to do it on the podcast. But if the the, the listener, who was that who wrote uh, that? Uh, Rand Hill. Yeah, if Mr. Hill wants to give us the name of a couple people or someone else does, that'd be fine. 
Okay. Good idea. Mm-hmm. All right. This one uh, from Wayne Watkinson. Uh, it says, Bill, I am a graduate of Dickinson College, an outstanding liberal arts college in Pennsylvania. With Not a- to be confused with Fairleigh Dickinson. Right. Who which won the, uh, the what do you call game. The play-in game, they mm-hmm. call it. And they beat uh, Prairie, Prairie View and yeah. and they were down 12 points. Yeah, yeah, good comeback, right? Uh, in Pennsylvania, with the proud tradition going back to Benjamin Rush and John Dickinson. Our daughter also graduated from there, and we share an admiration for the college and the education it provides its students. Uh, the school has moved in the last decade for a more diverse student body, and I support such efforts. With this background, I was disappointed that the uh, Dixon, Dickinsonian, Dickinsonian <laughs> posted. I've been there. You haven't. Right. The, the following article written by a graduate senior, uh, and it looks like it's titled, uh, Should White Boys Still Be Allowed to Talk? Yeah. 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 Uh, he goes on to say that the article is racist, divisive, asking whether white boys should be allowed to talk. The college apparently has no editorial control of the newspaper. Uh, and the college president came out with a general statement condemning uh, stereotyping prejudice without specifically denouncing the article or its author. Uh, I fear that in this article and the college's reaction reflects an unfortunate change in our culture, a subject you write frequently about. Uh, using any race as a pejorative should be condemned. Yet, it is becoming acceptable to use such terms as white boys and white privilege in this fashion. Would the college have reacted in the same way if a racist article was written regarding a minority group? Undoubtedly not. Uh, thought the article and uh, thought the article and your take on it might be an interesting mention on the podcast. That's Wayne Watkins. Yeah, Wayne, that's an interesting point. Yeah, uh, I didn't read the article, but I know what it says. I mean, the and I know what the president said. The president of the college probably took the Democrat way on this anti-Semitism and just condemned all hatred. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I'm opposed to hatred. <laughs> yeah. Are, are we all for the most part, right? I had an insight into this white privilege thing the other day because I noticed that Beto, or as Karl Rove always corrects people, Robert Francis. Or right. Robert, he's, yeah. He's not Hispanic. Yeah, it's not Beto. Yeah. Apologized for white privilege. And someone who heard that was commenting and said, it's not, in his case, not white privilege. It's privilege. Mm-hmm. He was a wealthy guy, and he married a woman who was worth half a billion dollars. Mm. That's privilege. Right. You look at that, half a billion dollars in the in the family, compared to some white guy down the road in El Paso who's working, you know, in the drugstore mm-hmm. or, you know, doing, doing searching for wells or fracking or, or you know, coaching at the, at the local high school who's white. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have any white privilege. He's just white. He doesn't have any privilege. But the guy with half a billion dollars does have privilege. The point was to restore meaning to words. If you got half a billion dollars, you are privileged. Right. Maybe comparatively, the old Chris Rock thing I've referred to, he gets up in front of the audience and says, you know, I'm funny, I'm successful, I'm making a lot of money. Any white person here really want to trade places with me? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an, it was an interesting question, you know. Um, so some black guy who is similarly situated to the white guy I described working for a living, maybe he's got a rougher time still. Right, I don't right. know. You know? If you took, like you said, the, the guy. The Two guys working class, hard for a living. Right, that the white guy would have a, a better shot or easier time than the black guy at the same level. But when you look at Beto, he is privileged. Period. Oh, yeah, sure, right. Yeah. And you obscure the real point by calling it white privilege. Right. <laughs> uh, this next email from Doug Giuliano. 
Uh, it says, Bill, the reason that uh, Newsom stopped the construction of uh, the railroad is because he is hoping that uh, his U.S. senator will win and in exchange for his endorsement of the railroad. And this is something we talked about with, I think, Joe Farkas, uh, will be built using federal money and not California money, which does not exist. Yeah, he's not going to get it from Donald Trump. Right, no. You know. <laughs> no, he's not going to get Yeah, we got to send that to Joel. Yeah, all right, go ahead. You got one on the bottom, too, I think. Yeah, uh, for, this is from Tom Nelson. Uh, yeah, you'll be interested in this. It's so uh, months later, he says, um, after Clemson defeated Alabama by more than they did the Irish, I think you uh, should apologize. Uh, you better read that slower because it's hard for me to believe. Okay. <laughs> Wait, we'll say it again. After Clemson defeated Alabama by more than they did the Irish, I think you should apologize for calling Notre Dame a, quote, no damn good. Uh, Notre- did I say that? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> it says Notre Dame has an even harder schedule next year playing Michigan, Georgia, and Stanford all on the road. Uh, yeah, you know, there's something to be said for the Notre Dame schedule. Uh, I still think uh, I'm just going to make him mad if I just tell that joke again. <laughs> I think you should. What's the difference between Notre Dame and Lucky Charms? Oh. <laughs> One of them deserves to be in a bowl. <laughs> but, yeah, now I Clemson beat the heck out of Alabama, and I was surprised, but they are good. All hats off to them. But I do think you're talking about incredible strength in the SEC still. Mm -hmm. And I think I'll take a look at Alabama's schedule in 2019 compared to Notre Dame's. But, yeah, I will give credit for going away games. Michigan Michigan should be better. Someday Michigan's going to be better. God knows when. Stanford, et cetera. Is it Georgia? They're playing Georgia away? Is that what uh, he said? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. That's fair enough. So Clemson beat Notre Dame by 27. They beat Alabama by 28. Well, I don't know well, if you one point better. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's an equal route. Right. So, uh, okay. Uh, I either apologize to Notre Dame and say they are good, or I have to say Alabama was no damn good in that game. Mm-hmm. I think I'll take the latter. Right. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, and By the way, uh, you know, my CE, everybody knows her. You know, I like to see Texas. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to the game on September 7th. Uh, we may have to call Coach Ken on that. Okay. Uh, Texas is at home against, you ready for this, LSU. Oh, that's going to be big. I'll be dandy, huh? Mm-hmm. All right, but thanks for the email. And, you know, thanks for not forgetting and rubbing it in, too. I appreciate that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Uh, and so uh, this one's from George Fowler. He said, I really enjoy all of your podcasts, but was specifically interested in a recent one with John Interactor, uh, John Interactor as your guest. He says, uh, one of the points that was made during the discussion was the increasing popularity of socialism among millennials, fueled largely by ignorance and failure of uh, public education in the U.S. Uh, you and your guests noted the need for conservatives not just to dismiss things like the Green New Deal, but to come up with our own proposals and I believe you're absolutely correct about this. Now, he says one of the reasons he believes socialism is gaining favor uh, is that they're winning the PR uh, battle on topics that are increasingly important to many, including millennials. Uh, with respect to environmental issues, a majority yeah. of Americans and an overwhelming majority of millennials believe in man-made climate change. Uh, Republicans have been portrayed as climate deniers in the pocket of energy companies, thus achieving a PR twofer. (laughs) He says Republicans uh, are fools and capitalism is evil, as they would say. Well, no, he's right about the PR thing, and this is what I've warned. It's not enough to say, hey, socialism, socialism. Mm You've got to say what's wrong with it. You've got to say what's wrong with these proposals for the Green New Deal and free Medicare and free college, et cetera. Right. 
And, um, you know, it, it takes an argument, not just, a, you know, hey, look at socialism. Look at socialism. Sounds good to the to the millennials. Sounds mm-hmm. good even better to Generation Z. Mm-hmm. That's a very astute point by right. uh, by George Fowler. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you, George. By the way, make a note, please, Claude. John Hinderocker. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot of very a lot positive of response. response. John Hinderocker. Yep. Maybe you can send him a note. Saying, I will. We really appreciate it. That does it for today's show. To catch up on previous episodes of the show, go to BillBennettShow.com. You can follow me on Twitter at William J. Bennett. You can like me on Facebook. Just search Bill Bennett. Feel free to email the show. I'd love to hear from you. It's BillBennettPodcast at gmail.com. Please share the podcast with your family and friends. We will catch up next week. 